I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, so we've got a few follow-up stories from our last episode. Um, The first one is about Australia. Um, We got a few people who mentioned that Australia's military um, enforcing lockdowns is not really what you'd picture um, in a uh, in a different country, especially not in the U.S. Um, apparently, they don't um, they don't carry weapons, uh, and there is a long tradition of the military helping out with like disaster relief and that sort of thing. Um, so it's not you know uh, jackbooted thugs uh, parading the streets. <clears throat> Um, or is it? Or is it? I mean, that's so. So we had neurotic robot from the Discord uh, say that it's really not like that at all, uh, and they're under the, the any any military in the streets are under the uh, the command of the local police. Um, and they said that also the streets aren't empty, at least where I live. For example, there are plenty of people going to the supermarket and exercising outside. Um, so not a not a full lockdown, not a, a military dictatorship, as as we were making it sound, or so they say. David, you have other ideas? Uh, yeah. So I believe them that like this isn't really full CCP style uh, military uh, police stuff, but also. Uh, Australia currently has a stockpile of millions of doses of AstraZeneca and is currently considering further restrictions on outdoor exercise. So, um, yeah, I found numbers that say they have 6 million doses stockpiled and a ballpark 17 million unvaccinated Australians. The, uh, 17 number... 17 million number comes from taking the number of shots administered, cutting it in half, because two shots per person, and then subtracting that from the Australian population. So they could uh, a little bit less than halve the number of unvaccinated Australians just by not keeping a massive stockpile for no reason. So even if they're not under martial law or whatever, at least half of their currently sitting government does deserve to be sacked, ideally using actual sacks. (laughs) And also, a bunch of rescue dogs were murdered by the New South Wales government because they were afraid that people would break quarantine to come to the shelters to pick up the dogs they wanted to adopt. Because sometimes, when you have a bunch of dumb fucking laws, you end up with instructions unclear. We murdered a bunch of dogs. And lastly, the Australian policy for vaccinations received abroad is that they count if and only if the vaccine received was improved in Australia at the time it was received, which is patently obviously stupid and strictly utility-lowering on any set of assumptions. So, Neurotic Robot, thank you for your feedback. We love you. You're very special. But also, the Australian government can go eat shit. Well, I mean, I think his uh, Neurotic Robot wasn't really arguing that the Australian government shouldn't eat shit. He was arguing that the military is not really doing like military lockdown things the way they're thought of popularly. 
that is completely fair. Yeah, I think Neurotic Robot's point can stand that the military is not doing, uh, you know, CCP-style lockdowns, but also that the Australian government are really being shitty. Uh, especially the thing about your when your vaccine counts. So, like, if I got Pfizer in the UK before it was approved in Australia, then I still count as unvaccinated, is what you're saying? Yep. Wow, that's really stupid. Yep. <laughs> but if I got it after it was approved in Australia, even if I still got it in the UK, then I count as vaccinated. Yes. So it's not literally the dumbest possible policy. <laughs> but, okay. my, like, actually, it might still be the dumbest possible policy because they explicitly have a clause rejecting the possibility of the obviously sensible thing actually, you know, working. Like, like, so, like some, in order to write this rule, someone had to understand how, like, vaccines work. And then explicitly make the rule in a way that spits in the face of that knowledge. Well, yeah, because they're not trying to to designate, you know, whether you're safe or unsafe. It's the designation is whether you followed the rules. Yep. It's like, you know, every bad parent who's mm-hmm. like, look, I know you were right, but I can't, you know, retroactively vindicate your decision to go against what I said. So uh, way to go, Australian government. This is very adult of you. All right, next, uh, next follow-up story is about the Cuomo allegations. Um, I know we uh, talked about Andrew Cuomo and how we hate him on the last episode and how we're glad he's gone. Um, and I think we did mention that we were pretty skeptical of some of these allegations. Um, but Michael Tracy has put up a, a really you know pretty in-depth look at them, and they seem like really thin. Uh, a lot of it is like you know people who are very – have like – very clear uh, motives to be to to want to slander Cuomo, and you know a lot of these allegations are from people changing their stories a lot, um, and people who you know try to get it to catch on, saying one thing and then they say something else, and that catches on, so they run with it. Um, it's really bad. So we'll just link to the Michael Tracy thing. It was also in the last uh, Astral Codex Ten link roundup. Can I pull out a couple quick highlights? Sure. Uh, so first, the headlines that I saw was that uh, Cuomo uh, sexually assaulted 11 women. Uh, th- I don't know where the number 11 came from, because from all the digging into the stuff, he could only find four women uh, that said anything about it. Uh, so, and to be clear, that's a New York Times headline. Yeah, well, of course, it is the... It's not like not like New York Post. Yes. It, it, I mean, the this New York Times... the paper of record. It is the trashiest paper of record that nobody should ever read, but it is apparently the paper of record, which is Here terrible. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's one of them. Another one is the fact that uh, the one of his main accusers out of those four is someone who has previously been proven to bring false sexual uh, harassment charges against someone in order to advance her career. So uh, not not I would think a credible um, accusation from her in the least. I don't know why why she's even allowed to talk in public after that sort of thing about any sort of sexual um, allegations. Like, seriously. I just... I don't know. Anyways. Um, and uh, when he was investigated by... What's her name? The the, the... the... The Attorney General. Who was it that was investigating yeah. Cuomo? Was it the Attorney General? Yeah, it was the Attorney General. Okay. Uh, she didn't actually bring any charges, <laughs> just said uh, that this is... Um, this is accusations that were made and we should believe them. 
Yeah, this part is mighty suspicious. Yeah. Where she releases a report that says, yes, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, broke the law in this, this, and this way. Um, I, however, the chief law enforcement officer of the state, will not be filing any charges. Um, I just wanted you all to know. Yeah. That he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is not something a serious attorney general does. If they found evidence of uh, law-breaking, they would file charges. So it basically seems like he probably didn't do much of anything at all, except for the fact that absolutely everyone hates him, so the second any sort of accusation was thrown, they were really happy to scatter and throw him to the wolves, and maybe you shouldn't be such a terrible shithead if you're in politics, so that you get <laughs> everyone who was on your side abandoning you as soon as they can. Yeah, I mean, my assumption in cases like this is that he did some bad things. He made some people uncomfortable, maybe touched some people in a uh, way they didn't appreciate. Um, but not like orders of magnitude different than most people do over the course of a lifetime. Um, and just people were motivated to find the worst of it and and highlight it. And apparently um, exaggerate a bit is how it sounds. Um, so I, I wouldn't say he did nothing, but I don't think he did much that was that most people have not done. Yes, certainly nothing, it sounds like, that they could actually get him on, which is why they didn't bring forward actual charges. Yeah. All right. So, on to this week's news. Our big story is Afghanistan. Um, uh, contrary to what uh, some certain podcast hosts believed, the exit is actually happening. I heard on the radio about a half hour ago that the last plane has left and the evacuation is officially complete half hour before this recording. All right. So we've left Afghanistan. We did it. Yay. Um, Mission accomplished. We, uh, Yay, it kind yes. of, it, it was kind of a shit show for a while there, um, but yeah. only really for a couple of days. Where by a couple of days, you mean like two solid weeks of absolute horror, but yes. I mean, it was really like two or three days of absolute horror. And 11 days of, you know, what it was always like, what any evacuation of a war zone is going to be. I mean, it wasn't bad for in terms of evacuation of war zones because the Taliban ceased fired and just let us evacuate. Right. And that was but they didn't do that the first couple of days. Oh, gotcha. So there okay. was there was lots of shooting and, and uh, unnecessary deaths and people clinging to airplanes and that sort of thing. Yeah. I um. But and I know David. I think you uh, you don't share that assessment. Um, so why don't you uh, why don't you give your take on this? Uh, whole yeah. So my take on this whole thing is that this was completely predictable and uh, pretty much entirely the fault of U.S. High Command. Uh, there is quite good reason to believe that. Um, Intelligence was reporting that uh, the uh, Afghan army or military and police were not even remotely able to sustain themselves and that as soon as we pulled out, the Taliban were going to take over. And in a display of, I guess, just straight up wishful thinking, the Biden administration ignored those reports, and instead they uh, abandoned an airbase near Kabul, which they very easily could have secured, and so this entire shit show went down at just the civilian airport at Kabul. Um, and uh, so yeah, 
this was like obviously it was a military evacuation and those are always going to be at least somewhat messy but also we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that a decent chunk of this crisis was just completely produced by incompetence from the Biden administration. Yeah, I mean I I totally agree that their assessments that the Afghan army was going to be able to hold off the Taliban for really any amount of time were uh in hindsight very stupid. And in foresight, I mean you you're fu- there's a lot of people that said that wouldn't work. So, I feel like it was entirely foreseeable. And to be cl- to be clear, the reason why I'm dunking on this ad- on the Biden administration, even though I am very strongly in favor of ending forever wars, is that just because you've decided it's a good idea to leave the party doesn't mean you need to jump out of a 10th story window. Um, or off of a jet's uh, yes. wheel well. I, yes. I, ha- I think the thing I found most interesting was the assumption by some people that the, uh, the Afghan military would fight. And... Like there, there were, you know, uh, we could, they can probably hold out till the end of the year, or they can probably hold out for a couple months. And I don't know if, like, the Afghan government knew they could not fight the Taliban and win. We knew they couldn't fight the Taliban and win. Like the Taliban knew that. Everybody knew the Afghan government was gonna fall. And there was just the assumption, well, you know, they're gonna fall, but they're gonna fight for a while and hold it off. And they did the smart thing, and we're just like, you know what? We're gonna lose anyway. Let's not all fight and die and destroy our cities in the process. Let's just surrender on day one before anyone shoots. And that's that's a genius thing to do if you know you're going to lose. But I found it, I don't know. I didn't think of this either. I found it really interesting that everyone just assumed, oh yeah, they're they're totally gonna fight the Taliban. Why wouldn't you fight the Taliban? And yeah, I, I mean, I heard a take about this that's like, look, we all knew the Taliban was going to take over eventually, and this is probably one of the better ways it could have happened. Hell yeah. Uh, like, way fewer people are dead than in, you know, a lot of other very plausible scenarios. There could have been destroyed cities. There, I mean, the Taliban is even apparently giving um, amnesty to the people who just threw down their weapons instead of trying to fight them, so that's something. Yeah, I feel like the Taliban is uh, making some overtures at trying to be, like, respected internationally um i hope it doesn't work because they're horrible shitheads yeah uh but they're they're making an effort they have claimed uh to have offered a general amnesty to everyone who worked with coalition forces and also there have been numerous reports of those people just being shot on site so if you really buy the uh whole general amnesty thing I have a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. Yeah, and now interestingly, uh, the media is going along with this in some ways um, by propping up ISIS-K yeah. as the new, uh, the, new, the new threat and the Taliban as, you know, the, the, the people defending Afghanistan from these horrible terrorists. Which, to be clear, ISIS-K are complete and utter monsters. Uh, they... Um, did a suicide bombing when in the Kabul airport when it was packed with civilians. Uh, they killed, I want to say, final death toll was like in the triple digits for uh, Afghanis and 20 something for uh, 20 something killed and injured for um, uh, US Marines plus a sailor. Yeah. 
but let's not, you know, buy into the narrative that every fight has to have a good guy. This one doesn't. Yes. This is all bad guys. I know which bad guy I would prefer to lose harder, though. Like, if if there is a fight between those two, and they don't wipe each other out, and one of them wins, I would prefer it be the Taliban that win, rather than um, ISIS-K. Yeah, that sounds yes. plausible. I don't actually know anything about ISIS-K, but they sound pretty horrible. Well, you know, they're they're basically ISIS, except in Afghanistan, so terrible yeah. people. The The new Taliban is, like, really weird. And have you seen some of the pictures and memes and shit coming out? Yeah, I have. They, they're they're eating ice cream. Their special forces guys like have are shaved down. All uh, they got some stubble, but it's really like beards. It's not like the the normal Taliban thing you think of. They say that they're going to allow women to uh, work and attend school. Like they. That is another thing I'm pretty sure is fake news, but. We'll I, find out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they they have the champions. population of Afghanistan is very young. The members of the Taliban are very male, and they're very conservative. And if I've learned anything by watching America for the last four years, it's that very young, very conservative, very male groups tend to produce some dank memes. <laughs> <laughs> That was the weirdest part. I'd never thought of the Taliban as, like, doing memes, but there we go. That's racist, Eniash. Memes are for everybody. No, that, I would say that's more, like, anti-Islamic than racist, because it's a Taliban uh, thing. Speaking of racism, did you guys see that um, uh, Chad uh, Taliban versus Virgin U.S. Marine that someone in China made that looked like it came out of Der Sturmer? <laughs> I did not see that. I, yeah, I, the, uh, the uh, so it's a uh, uh, Chad Taliban versus um, Virgin U.S. Marine uh, because uh, Xi Jinping came out immediately in support of the Taliban government. Um, Classic Xi. Yeah, that rascal. Uh, we, yeah, which is hilarious because he's currently, you know, concentration camping uh, his indigenous Muslim population. And if I remember right, one of the justifications that Al-Qaeda used for the 9-11 attacks was that America wasn't giving, an, wasn't sanctioning China hard enough for persecuting Uyghurs. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, so, the, the, the Chad Taliban portion is like pretty standard stuff the virgin u.s marine includes this absolutely grotesque caricature and is super racist um so yeah and because it's racist against white people it probably is fairly easy to find on twitter hmm. speaking of like when you were saying the the taliban is pretty young right now did you know, I did not know this, did you know that the major, majority of uh, the Afghani population was not yet born when this war began? Yeah. That's insane. The median age there is 18. Yep. That's a pretty normal median age if you look at, like, countries that aren't stupidly rich. Right, right. Mm. Third world countries tend to have that, but it just that That's kind of blew young. me away. Like, most of the people fighting to liberate mm. Afghanistan probably did not know an Afghanistan that was under the original Taliban. I mean, to be fair, so are most of the people fighting to, or who were fighting to, um, non-liberate, uh, <laughs> Afghanistan. That's Subjugate, that's but, the uh, opposite of liberate. Yes. <laughs> um, 
But that's just because Marines are, you know, disproportionately drawn from the youngs. The youths. That's true. Um, also, don't add us military people. We know it's not all Marines. <laughs> Hashtag. <Yes. laughs> um... <laughs> Um, all right, so we were talking about uh, bad guys versus bad guys. But, David, I think you posted that there are some good guys in this yes. struggle. Yes, and by some good guys, I mean uh, British people. <laughs> because apparently, like, every... So, basically, my reading of the situation is that everyone that's not Afghanistan, China, or... The U or the UK have kind of just been running around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to maybe sort of help some people some of the time, uh, but like mostly just shitting the bed and embarrassing themselves. And then China are acting like the fucking monsters that uh, the Chinese government is made up of. Uh, the Taliban are, of course, the Taliban. And apparently every single British person who has touched this has been an absolute chad. And I mean everyone, from Boris Johnson to uh, the British ambassador to Afghanistan, Laurie Bristow, whose name I put into the outline specifically so I would remember it because he's been awesome, to just, like, grunt soldiers in the British military. Uh, the UK embassy staff, who could have left basically on the first plane, requested to stay to help as many people as possible. Uh, UK soldiers were ordered to, quote, ignore numbers and get as many people out as possible. Uh, unquote, different quote, the home office can sort out the paperwork later, unquote. Um, the, um... The British asked that the Australian and German air forces uh, help evacuate British nationals so that their planes can focus on getting Afghanis out. Um, and despite the UK offering to shoulder the entire cost of them doing so, uh, the German and Aussie planes instead decided to leave well under capacity, so fuck them. I mean, they're doing some things, but also they could have done a lot more. So how, uh, how much you want to condemn them depends on how grumpy a utilitarian you are. Um, but yeah. Uh, good on you, Great Britain. All right. Uh, good job. I'm sure our listeners will tell us if, uh, you know, we missed something terrible that the UK is doing. So, uh, you know, you can add us for that, listeners. <laughs> if, uh, but yeah, from uh, the news I've seen, uh, Great Britain's doing pretty well. Um, all right. What else do we want to say about Afghanistan? Um... Uh, yeah, so some, uh, I do want to highlight that, uh, some troops, or some American troops did, uh, disobey orders in order to help refugees, and those guys are fucking heroes, and, uh, I wish that there was more of that, though, of course, uh, the orders did remain in place, so... It was much more limited than it would have been if Biden and co. were not horrible. Um, uh, again, Taliban is talking a pretty decent game about, um, you know, not being complete and utter monsters, but they also have 
fired on crowds around Kabul airport who were trying to escape, and they put up a bunch of checkpoints and barbed wire and so on. Um, so, uh, they fail rule one of not looking like a horrible monster dictatorship, which is if people are trying to leave your country and you're going to massive efforts to stop them, you're probably a horrible dictatorship. Um... So just some lightning round, uh, U.S. forces uh, were very uncommunicative with coalition forces, so score one for Peter Zion. Uh, Wait, why Canada is that a pledged, score one for Peter Zion? Uh, because uh, the U.S. withdrawing from its position of global leadership is kind of what his work is premised on. Uh, see my troop deployment from either one or two episodes ago for more details. Uh Canada pledged to resettle 20,000 Afghanis, uh, which is half a percent of the Afghan of the entire ass population of Afghanistan. Whoa. Um, uh, the Civil Reserve Air Fleet was activated by the U.S. DOD, uh, which was not something I was aware they can do. But uh, apparently, the Department of Defense can just like whistle up civilian aircraft and send them off to do military things uh and they requested six to 18 aircraft from each major airline to help with the evacuation uh this is quite a good use of that power but i'm kind of nervous about that power existing um and yeah i think that's all i really wanted to talk about you guys have anything i have no more comments i believe we've covered everything i had to say okay oh. All right. Uh, sorry. Before we move on, oh geez. So uh, our sources from a lot of that were a uh, very, 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 very long Twitter thread by a guy named Alex Tiffin, and I saw some chatter about him apparently being not a very good person, which I will readily believe. But also, there were a bunch of times when he broke stories well before mainstream media did uh so for example we talked about isis's um suicide bombings and he was tweeting about how there were people concerned about isis suicide bombings like 36 hours before it actually happened uh so yeah i i am very willing to believe that he's a bad person but he is apparently quite a good journalist and so I do not apologize for using him as my source for this. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy, but uh, bad, bad person is not the same thing as unreliable source. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Next story. Um, this is from. This is also from David. Yeah. So Biden tried to uh, cover up his dismal failure and national humiliation in Afghanistan. By levying new sanctions against Russia for um, arresting that journalist whose name I forget. Uh, except that this wasn't really about sanctioning them for suppressing freedom of speech. It was about him sneaking gun control through the back door because he banned import of Russians, Russian guns and ammo. Uh, no one really cares about the gun importation because Russian guns are kind of shit. Uh, but a lot of the uh, really cheap ammo which is available comes from Russia. And uh, you kind of need a lot of really cheap ammo if you want to do anything with guns. Because you need to put quite a lot of uh, 
bullets through your gun in order to have the experience you need to be, like, a competent user of firearms. So, yeah. I played paintball this. this weekend, so I agree. You need lots of ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that all he did? Is it Was it just guns and ammo? Or was it like, we're going to ban a bunch of stuff that includes guns and ammo? I only heard about the guns and ammo ban, but I only heard this via, like, my gun YouTube channel. Okay. All right. Sources. So it, it might have been, like, uh, an omnibus sort of thing, but uh, this was clearly a big part of it. All right. I'm skeptical that this is some sort of backdoor gun control, just because, I mean, we can we can get ammo plenty of places. Uh, maybe this makes it a little more expensive, but if this is if this is his attempt at gun control, this is pretty. Pathetic. It'll make it. It'll make it non-trivially more expensive. Yeah, and yeah, gun well, and sucks. ammo price. It, ammo is already super scarce, and ammo prices are already quite high. Well, maybe so. if people would stop hoarding it. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is David hoarding ammo. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> but do you consider hoarding? all right next story oh this is another one from david jesus christ david all these stories are you yeah david was on a tear um uh, just we keep reading those libertarian blogs (laughs) yeah so in apparently in an intent to reenact an unpublished ayn rand novel uh notable communist nathan robinson opts to metaphorically self-immolate atop a pile made from his socialist rag current affairs rather let than let his workers organize into a worker-owned co-op if my voice sounds like i'm enjoying some schadenfreude from all of this it's only because i am yeah so what i know about this story is uh it was just from a tweet thread that one of the former writers there uh put out but basically said he was working at Current Affairs, which is a socialist magazine, tried to organize a worker co-op, and was fired for it. And is pretty pissed off about it. Um, I take this story with a little grain of salt, because I don't really trust people talking about why they were fired from their job. Mm. It's sort of like asking people about their breakup. Uh, That's it's, true, but you're I'm never getting sure, both sides of it. I'm pretty sure it was like 90% of the... Uh current affairs writing staff fired all at the same time which like yeah, that's how it sounds there's a fairly small number of things that can lead to that yeah all right so i have a question if they're organizing a workers co-op that means they were gonna buy out the company can't they still buy out the company and have their workers co-op no it's privately owned robinson can just tell them to get wait fucked. wait 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 it's privately owned Yes. How was it going to be a workers' co-op if they don't own the company? Clearly, they didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> well, they could. Jesus. They could have. Inyash, I mean, they, they could have were, made an offer to Inyash, buy. Part they were of the working company. for a socialist magazine. Clearly, these are not like brilliant economists who understand how the world works. I mean, they could have just been planning on making an offer to buy it. It sounds like they weren't. They were still in the planning phases of like how to go about this yeah but you remember that um you remember that slate star codex post about the um uh weak man arguments for libertarianism treated as writing prompts yes yeah it's these fuckers who wrote that 
So we're not dealing with the sharpest knives in the drawer here. Well, I mean, right. if they were in the early stages and they were all fired, they now have more time in order to get to the later stages where they actually buy the thing and do their workers' co-op. Like, they can still do their thing, I believe. The, the being it privately owned part is probably a little tricky. Yes, but that would require understanding of the world and business sense and uh, grit and work ethic. Well, you know what I always say? Boo out group. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's a good thing to say. Uh, all right. Next story uh, is about NASA fighting with Jeff Bezos. Uh, uh, well, sort of. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about uh, Bezos's sale on lunar landers. Uh, turns out that even at the uh, fire sale prices, NASA before. wasn't buying. So Jeff Bezos sued them and also SpaceX. And then... Elon Musk tweeted about how Bezos retired from running Amazon so he could pursue a full-time career suing SpaceX, which was like the most hello 911 I've just witnessed a murder tweet I have read in quite a while. Ah, <laughs> uh, billionaires acting like high schoolers. Gotta love yeah, it. love to see it. Um, do you know what the basis of this lawsuit is? Um, that they didn't buy his shit. <laughs> I don't think uh, you can sue over it, that. It was an unfair treatment. I guess there are laws about that in government procurement contracts, so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is. Well, keep your eyes glued to that story. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> oh, more Boo Out Group content next. Uh... I, I feel like even the people for whom this is in-group can boo this. Yeah, uh, so, San Francisco has uh, been considering a new train line, which I don't know much about San Francisco transport, but apparently this line uh, is, like, running along, like, one of the most congested roads in the city, uh, and the city is very congested, so people think that this would be a very um well used and uh popular uh train line and they have budgeted one billion dollars for an environmental review does that include and, the and building this is for of something the that would massively cut down on the amount of car travel san franciscans have to do to get into and out of the city so the environmental review is basically would be good and they want to pay someone a billion dollars for this david and my question is who do i need to blow to get a job as an environmental reviewer because i would love to um be paid a billion dollars to write an environmental review that's basically, this shit's good, go for it. I'm, I'm sure they can, you know, write a longer report than that since, you know, work expands to fill all available time slash budget. But, but th it's $9 billion just for the review, not like review plus tunnel? Yes. Or, or review plus giant party for the entire city? The line item in the total budget... That is specifically allocated for the environmental review is a billion dollars. Well, you said it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. So I'm having trouble finding an actual source for this that's not Twitter. 
Um, I believe I read about it on one of V's posts. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can't dig it up. Yeah, we'll have a link in the show notes if we can find something. Um, but yeah, that's very stupid. Um, and even if this is not a completely accurate, um, it's emblematic of issues, especially in California, with environmental review being used as a basically a club to stop projects or drive them way over budget. And it's basically just impossible to build anything in California for a lot of reasons, environmental review being one of them. It's just one of the many bureaucratic uh, hoops that you have to jump through. Um, And even though I guess the environmental impact of projects is important, um, but it's like this is obviously going to have a good effect on the environment. This isn't a free lunch, but it's about as close as you ever get to one in real life. Yeah, and, like, the only thing they're going to find out here that would have any significance is if it's, like, they think maybe some endangered species is in the way, so it lets a bunch of NIMBYs file a lawsuit to prevent it from being built, Um, like they're doing with that other railroad they're trying to build in California. Uh, So get your shit together, California. Uh, And speaking of get your shit together, our next story is about OnlyFans. Apparently, they've banned pornography, or did, and then a couple of days later decided to unban it. Uh, now, only OnlyFans, if you don't know, is a website that oh, almost... Oh, they know. <laughs> <laughs> For the one listener who's never heard of OnlyFans, it's a website used primarily by sex workers um, to sell their content. Um... And I guess there are non-sex workers on OnlyFans. I never heard of this until this this story came out. Um, but apparently there are a few. And uh, so OnlyFans announced that they were going to just ban an adult content, uh, which is their entire business. Um, I was very confused by this story because they that's that's their whole thing. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're not a website without yeah. the the sex workers. It'd be like if YouTube banned videos. Yeah, like they're like, no, but we're gonna we're just gonna keep the comments. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what anyone's going for. Yeah. Um. They so they they blamed the banks originally. Uh, sorry, real quick. I've been doing some googling trying to find the um more details about the uh, budget story. Yeah. And I just clicked onto the uh, page for the project itself and it immediately asked for access to my VR devices, which is suspicious. That is pretty weird. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah, so OnlyFans originally blamed this decision on the bank, saying like, oh, our payment processors, um, you know, required us to do this. Which... Um, there's some truth to, um, MasterCard and Visa are currently have rules in place that, um, require like really stringent age verification on all explicit content, um, which basically makes it impossible to live stream anything. So, uh, let me, let me back up on that. Uh, they, they currently have multiple tiers and, uh, adult sites since they get often uh, lots of claims that oh i didn't pay for this 
uh, are on one of the most highest paying tiers where they MasterCard and Visa take a big cut. But the new restrictions that they're putting out haven't gone into effect yet. They would be in October. And those were the ones that had extremely stringent rules on uh, verifying age of all actors, consent of all actors, uh, and also uh, requiring that all content must be, all content must be reviewed prior to publication. And if it's live streamed, it must be reviewed real time by someone, which I, I just don't know how the fuck OnlyFans could possibly afford to do that. So... You're probably right, because we have minimum wages in this country, but if they are hiring someone to review porn live streams, I would like to put forth my resume for their consideration. <laughs> I have a considerable amount of experience in the field. You, you would work for minimum wage with your economics degree watching porn. I mean, if he's going to do it anyway, might as well get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people I, pay a lot of money for access to these streams, Eniash. That's what this is all about. Okay, fair enough. Usually people don't pay that much money individually. It's just the fact that a lot of people are doing it that it adds up. Yeah. Uh, MasterCard and Visa also, uh, well, MasterCard is the ones who announced it. Visa is expected to follow suits and after. Uh, also had straight up bans. Not that they're uh, colluding or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they, never, they, they never coordinate on anything like this. Of course not. That'd be ridiculous. Shut up, Eniash. Yo, sorry, sorry. But in their long list of restrictions, uh, they also included straight-up bans on all sorts of fun kink, which was also super lame. Yeah, so does anyone know why they have such a bug up their ass about this? Actually, I do! I'm glad you asked! Alright, well, please enlighten us. (laughs) Uh, This is a long-term pressure uh, lobby groups that have been working. Uh, They're like anti-sex work lobby groups but basically they're anti-woman and anti-sex uh they they formed sort of like this political incest baby between these christian fundamentalist assholes uh which are mostly organized under exodus cry and like these left-wing nanny state assholes which are mostly under national center on sexual exploitation and they just want to get rid of all not all just all sex work but all porn and all things that they consider indecent and or demeaning, and they've been growing in power over the past decade, and they've been putting a lot of pressure on the, uh, these payment processors, anyone, absolutely anyone that they can, and it's been working. They fucking got helped get FOSTA-SESTA pushed through, even though it hurts people. Let, let, let me really quickly... Um, mention some of the things that in the in the uh, interest of what they say is fighting trafficking uh they have uh, got through policies that defunded aids programs that worked with sex workers because they uh work with sex workers and instead the funding now goes to support programs mandating abstinence over condoms uh they oh, but got, this works so well they got funding blocked to programs that offered referrals for birth control and abortion they were the ones who helped push to get uh, Craigslist and Backpage's ads for sex work taken down. And they led directly to police abuse of sex workers under the guise of anti-trafficking raids. So yeah, they're, they're self-righteous, women-hating assholes that just say, Oh no, it's sex trafficking. You don't want your children to be kidnapped and raped for years, do you? Then Think of support the children! Us. Yes, then support us do these things and just destroy people's lives, especially those who are the most vulnerable. And I fucking hate I, all of them. I have very few words that are up to the task of expressing how much I agree with everything Inyasha said. Alright, well, 
Eniash, you've sketched out a uh, compelling reason for why private actors are to blame here. But David, I'm hoping you can give us an equally compelling case for why this is all the government's fault. Uh, yeah, so Exodus Cry and National Center on Sexual Exploitation aren't uh, just public um, communications, marketing, blah, blah, blah people. They are lobbyists. And what they do is they go to the government and get them to pass laws that make it impossible to uh, profitably run porn sites. Um, they were behind the uh, uh, gover the government's persecution of Craigslist and Backpage. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Craigslist and Backpage both had a... Uh, fairly healthy um uh sex work advertisement um uh industry i guess for lack of a better word and was this like kind of a wink wink nudge nudge advertisement or were they explicitly advertising sex for money uh it was wink wink nudge nudge on craigslist back page i think was explicit about it okay uh but i'm not sure um but yeah the uh uh, the government went after both of them. Uh, Craigslist tucked their tails between the, their legs and um, and uh, took down those ads and put up new policies that would keep more of them from being posted. Uh, Backpage, uh, like a bunch of absolute chads, um, said, no, fuck you, we're not doing that. Oh, and uh, I meant to say this earlier, but uh, sex workers absolutely loved having Craigslist and Backpage here because it made vetting clients much easier. They weren't reliant on pimps to uh, find clients for them, and just in general, it made their lives a lot safer and easier. Um, uh, Backpage, like absolute chads, told the government to go fuck itself. Uh, and they switched to a crypto-based funding model, and then uh, they were charged with multiple counts of conspiracy to commit money laundering and so on, uh, as well as, I think, some sex trafficking charges, which were included long enough for some politicians to post some uh, campaign ads about how they fought sex trafficking, and then they were quietly dropped because they knew that those charges wouldn't actually stick. But yeah, the two founders of Backpage are uh, currently awaiting trial, and if convicted, will most likely be facing life in prison for the two completely heinous crimes of helping sex workers do their jobs in a safe and comfortable manner and defying the authority of the government. Uh, and during that whole Backpage scandal... Um, one of the ways the government went after Backpage and Craigslist was via their financial infrastructure. And I believe also at one point, um, the uh, credit cards and other financial services companies that um, uh, have led to this OnlyFans change uh, were explicitly targeted by name of their companies in the media as connected with these quote-unquote sex traffickers who weren't actually sex trafficking. Uh, and they were, uh, and so, like, they are very understandably gun-shy about this sort of thing, not because they actually, 
like think sex worker money is icky and gross, but because they are at serious risk of liability. And like, that sucks for them, and it sucks for the sex workers, but it's not their fault. Yeah, I'd like to add, um, you asked, you know, why we should be mad at the government. One of the reasons I did not vote for Biden this year was because Kamala Harris was on a ticket, and Kamala Harris was uh, one of the leads on FOSTA-SESTA, and she was approached by groups working with sex workers and with women uh, saying, this will hurt lives, this will destroy some people, and uh, she said, I don't care. Got this lobbying group here, they can bring me some votes. I'm pushing through this, and she did, and fuck her forever. Yeah, here, and here. I know you mentioned FOSTA-SESTA earlier, but that's those, those are really the laws that make this sort of thing possible. Yeah. Um, they, it, it, from what I recall, they make it, um, they, they made an exception to Section 230 um, of the, was it the Internet Communications Act? Whatever the one that is that says uh, that Communications um, Decency Act. Yeah, the Communications Decency Act. But that's the one um, that you've probably heard of because the Trumpers were screaming about it. But it says um, platforms are not liable for things that users post on them. Um, it's why you could post all your stupid theories on the internet, and the platform doesn't get in trouble for it. Only you. Um, and they made an exception to that for what they call sex trafficking, which is just anything, you know, sex-related that involves money. Um, so that's why, I mean, that's sort of the the legal framework that's the cause of all these decisions. Um, the actual OnlyFans decision is, it's really unclear um, why they originally made the decision and then backed off of it. Um, yeah, what like, changed? At, at one, they had to know what the reaction was going to be. Like, I could have told them what the reaction was going to be. Um, so I don't know if they were surprised or... I've heard some theories that this was to, like, to leverage MasterCard into cutting a deal with them once they saw what the reaction was. But that seems like a little, you know, 40 chess for my taste. Yeah, the best read I have on this situation is that OnlyFans knew this was committing suicide. They told MasterCard this was committing suicide. MasterCard says, we don't care, we're going to implement this policy anyway, so if that means you go out of business, well, tough titties. Uh, pun very much unintentional, but I'm happy it happened. Um, uh, and then OnlyFans puts out this statement in a way that doesn't explicitly call out MasterCard, but literally everyone who read it said, like, understood it to mean we're doing this because MasterCard told us we had to. Uh, and then they get a big outcry targeted at them, and then they're like, oh, okay, I guess this is the sort of thing that we can get away with doing now. Uh, and so they did. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, that's, I guess that's internally consistent, which is more than I can say for any other explanation I've heard. Yeah. Also, uh, update to the earlier story uh, about the environmental review. It's actually the $1 billion estimate is all program development costs, uh, not just the environmental review. Okay. But the environmental review is fairly exorbitant. Uh, that does come from Twitter, but it's from the Twitter of the BART board vice president. Uh, so I'm inclined to believe it, and that is still fairly outrageous boo-out group. Okay. <laughs> Do we have a number on what the actual environmental review costs? Um, 
I will continue trying to find that, but <laughs> okay. not yet. All right. Uh, all right, David, you have a story about uh, the WHO, which I'm sure paints them in a very sympathetic and glowing light. Of course it does. Uh, so the uh, the WHO put out a report about um, or assessing various possible origins for COVID, and uh, the report said, uh, quote-unquote, or quote, introduction of COVID through a laboratory incident was considered to be an extremely unlikely pathway. The author of this study openly admitted to being pressured to conclude that by the Chinese government. So, while it would be an overstatement to say lab leak hypothesis confirmed, I don't see why the Chinese government would feel the need to pressure the person writing this report unless it was going to otherwise come to a conclusion they didn't like. I mean, that seems like par for the course for the Chinese government. The problem with this whole situation is that, like, I could definitely see the Chinese government doing this even if there was no lab leak. Because they just don't want people, you know, maybe thinking or saying there might have been. I mean, sure, but from a Bayesian perspective, you gotta figure that them pressuring the WHO report writer is more likely in a world where they're actively covering something up than in a world where they have no one, nothing to hide and they're yeah. just putting pressure on everyone because why not? Sure, it's just not that strong of evidence. Because, you know, the Chinese government are authoritarian monsters. And, That's uh, definitely true. <laughs> uh, how strong it is, I think, is a little bit debatable. But, um, yeah, like I said, it would be an overstatement to say lab leak hypothesis confirmed. But... Yeah. Alright, so, next we have some Star Wars news. Uh, this is more like Star Wars non-news, uh, because <laughs> there is a fake news story that's fake and bad. Uh, so there was some outrage on the internet about how, um, Disney was canceling, uh, Boba Fett's ship. Uh, for those of you who aren't giant nerds, uh, which, again, is probably not many of you, uh, Boba Fett's ship is named the Slave One. Uh, and there was some outrage on the internets claiming that they, that the Disney woke crowd were canceling the Slave One and renaming it the Fire Spray. Uh, this was just complete fiction. So the Fire, so Fire Spray is the name of the class of ship that the Slave One is. It's a, a uh, Fire Spray heavy patrol vessel, I think. Um... And, uh, basically what happens is when Disney puts out a new piece of media, they put out these, like, media pre-release summary things so that people can do write-ups of the new pieces of media. And they have been doing a series on the various and sundry bounty hunters of Star Wars. Uh, and they put out one of these press releases about the upcoming Boba Fett series or Boba Fett comic, uh, and this included a description of the cover of the, uh, of the book, which had, um, a picture of the Slave One, a picture of Boba Fett, and some text in, uh, in Orabash, in the Star Wars written language. Uh, for, so, 
uh, this description claimed that, or it said that it included the name of Boba Fett's ship, the Fire Spray. The issue is that the people who write these reports don't actually know that much about the universe, and they make mistakes in them constantly. And this was just straight up one of those mistakes. And, like, if you buy the comic and translate the Orabash, the name of the ship is the Slave One. And even if you don't know how to translate Orabash, then you still know it's the sli- that it's not called the Fire Spray, uh, because Orabash is just, like, a one-to-one letter swap, where A is this one little squiggle, and B is another little squiggle, and if you tra- know that cipher, then it's just written in English, and there aren't any eight-letter words on the thing! So, yeah, this is a dumb, stupid, fake, made-up Star Wars story, and Star Wars journalism is over, uh... It is all just fake news and fake outrage, and I hate it. Uh, so yeah, fuck them all. I have two comments. One, this is an extremely important story, and I'm very glad we covered it. So thank you, David. Yes. Uh, two, <laughs> if uh, honestly, if they want to rename the Boba Fett ship, I'm not going to cry any tears over it. The Slave One's kind of a shit name. It is honestly not a great ship ship name. But also, if they did it, I hope they would do it for better reasons than some people got angry about the word slave existing in media. All right, that's fair. All right, well, now that we're through the fake news, we're on to happy news. Good news, everyone. All right, happy news story number one is the Pfizer vaccine has been fully approved by the FDA. Fuck yeah! Yay! That means it is no longer an emergency use authorization. It's got full approval. That's the highest approval it can get. Um, so anyone whining about how it's not been approved yet um, has to shut up and go get vaccinated, is the new rule that I made up. But seriously, shut up and go get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, there's a lot of thought that this will be enable... Um, businesses and possibly governments, though I hope not, to uh, start vaccine mandates um, because it is now received full approval where they were hesitant before because you don't want to make something somebody take something experimental, even though everyone knows it's safe because it hasn't had, got that credential yet. But now it has the credential. So now people can say, all right, you have to get the vaccine just like you have to get your, you know, MMR vaccine. Why aren't the better ones approved? Pfizer is a good one. Oh, that's right. I was thinking Johnson Johnson for some reason. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah Pfizer's great. Sorry. Why Moderna's not Cut approved? I don't know. They probably got their paperwork in a week later, which means they'll get approved in six years. Ah, damn. Um, all right. Next happy news story. I'm is... not sure if this is a happy news story. It's more of a follow-up, but I Wow, found... that's the clickbaitness title I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I found this in the one of, while I was doing my happy news search. Um, but last... I moved this into the happy news section because I think it's happy news. Okay. Well, uh, last week, not last week, last episode we reported about how uh, there was a big crypto uh, hack for uh, the Poly Network where someone stole $600 million worth of crypto, uh, but they, the security company quickly found a lot of their information, like their uh, IP address, uh, their mailbox, like b- bad stuff. And... Uh, the person started returning money. 
And at this point, they've returned almost all of it. There's, I think, like 33 million that has been frozen by someone or another, which hasn't been returned for that reason. But uh, the the article like says that this guy is now calling himself Mr. White Hat, and they're like the hacker with the heart of gold. And I'm like, I think it's more like the hacker who didn't want his fingernails pulled out slowly. But <laughs> but whatever, you do you, Happy News Network. Uh, but the the hacker was also offered a job by the Poly Network for uh, to do security for them. And also the network is now offering a bounty of $100,000 on any critical bugs that are found. So, you know, good stuff. Yeah, don't act like this isn't happy news, Eniash. This is like a, you know, this is like a primetime, you know, action show. Also, uh, the uh, clickbaitiness headline I've ever seen was not uh, this story. I accidentally scrolled down and uh, looked at Eniash's troop deployment instead of this story. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, cool. More on that later. During yes. troop deployments. All right. Um, and uh, we have one other happy news story. I think this is from David. Uh, yeah. So uh, Rare Breed Triggers is a company that makes um, aftermarket triggers that you can uh, put onto a gun. I'm not entirely sure how they work, but essentially uh, they let you fire the gun with a rate of fire similar to what it would have if it was fully automatic. Um, which, like, you can have whatever feelings you want about that that you uh, want to, but the um, the laws restricting the uh, sale, manufacture, etc. of machine guns uh, very clearly in mechanical terms defines what a machine gun is. And... Rare Breed Trigger's uh, product is not that. Um, the ATF has a history, though, of not really giving a shit about the law and just sort of declaring things machine guns if they feel like they are machine guns sometimes. No, maybe. not the ATF. They seem like such good guys. So, yeah, so uh, Rare Breed Trigger's got a cease and desist letter of the ATF uh, telling them to immediately cease and desist uh, manufacture and sale and uh, to begin uh, planning to recover the product they already sold because they decided that one of their products was a machine gun. Which, again, under the law, it isn't. You can have whatever opinions about them you want, but as defined in the law, they are not machine guns. And Rare Breed Triggers wrote up a letter saying that and telling the ATF to go fuck themselves. Uh, they I hope the letter actually the, uh, said that. Uh, no, they used the corporate term, uh, which is we have retained legal counsel and are uh, willing to challenge this uh, uh, order in courts if necessary. But um, uh, yeah, that is basically go fuck yourself in corporate speak. Um, and yeah, great for them. I hope they go far. Uh, as we saw earlier in this uh, uh, section or in this episode, uh, private entities who define who defy the U.S. federal government have a tendency to uh, get completely fucked. So I don't expect this to end well, but I have just the utmost respect for these guys because uh, federal agencies are, you know supposed to be bound by the law and the ATF are acting like 
complete and utter tyrants, and I hate it, and you should too if you care about civil liberties. Yeah, um, as I've said a few times before, I don't really care much about gun rights, but I do care about people standing up for civil rights. So, good job, Rarity Triggers. All right. And that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our three hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. So my troop deployment is about other people not deploying troops that they really should be. Uh, throughout COVID and... Um, and honestly, well before COVID, but no one really noticed because no one paid attention, there was this thing that happened where people in public health, uh, whether it be at the CDC, the WHO, the FDA, just kind of didn't do cost-benefit analysis. And as much as I was bitching and moaning about the... Um, the San Francisco thing that uh, may or may not actually be that big a deal, uh, they are at least trying to look at the costs and benefits and seeing whether or not they're commensurate to each other. They're doing it in a stupid and bad way, but at least they're checking. Public health authorities just don't. They, like, honestly, what, what it looks like they do is they just straightforwardly say, will this make problems of disease spread better or worse and if it makes and then they just implement the ones that make them better i mean not always because you know the fda is also part of this and they uh refuse to do cost-benefit analysis in a way that makes public health demonstrably worse um but they they just don't think to include questions like hey if we put the entire country on lockdown, will that maybe have deleterious effects that don't have to do with people getting sick? And if, and they, they just like, don't consider that. And they really, really should. They have one job, and that's to take all and only cost-justified public health measures. And they're just not doing, like, most of the hard work of that job description. And that leads me to ask, why do we pay these people? That's to not a rhetorical question. Someone please to protect tell our me health, what David. their jobs are, if not to do exactly this sort of thing. Their jobs are to make us feel okay. Ugh. All right. Job. Well, thank you, David. Uh, Eniage, what do you have for us? Okay, so apparently this is the most clickbaity thing ever, according to David, but my troop deployment is that sex trafficking is good, actually, and I want to expand on that just a little bit. Uh, when I was no, really just leave young... leave it there. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was really young, uh, my parents made me watch a John Stossel special arguing that greed is good, and I was shocked because my, my parents are, like, almost quasi-socialist in their political leanings? I don't know, not really, but uh, greed certainly isn't good. It's it's destructive, it's money-grubbing, it's inhumanly cruel and unconcerned with anyone's welfare as long as like it could get a few more dollars, right? Like, Whoa. greed is a terrible thing. 
But John Stossel actually wasn't arguing for greed in the way that it is traditionally thought of. He was arguing for basic Econ 101, where people do things because they want to make their lives better. And uh, the way to make your lives better is to provide things of value to other humans. And so everyone working together in a community for their own self-interest creates a better society for everyone. Uh, it's the, the old... Um, um, gosh, who was the guy who wrote Wealth of Nations? Smith? Smith. Adam Smith. Yes. Yeah. His quote about... Uh, Blessed it's be not, his name. Yes. It's not from the benevolence of the butcher, brewer, or baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard for their own self-interest. Uh, and, like, after that special, I... I not me personally, because I was still like, ew, that's terrible. Capitalism, uh, bad stuff. Because, uh, again, I was in, in high school and that was the thing. But uh, whenever, after that, whenever someone says, like, capitalism is motivated by greed, people could at the very least say, yeah, well, greed is good. And then maybe point at this John Stossel special or something to demonstrate why greed is a force that makes people's lives better, as long as you're not using that that old crappier definition and trying to conflate it with uh with self-interested work um so so now you could just counter with something like you know capitalism runs on greed and that's a good thing and here's why uh and in that same that same uh vein of thought i want to say that sex trafficking is good because what people think of when someone says sex trafficking is the old image from, like, Taken, where your children are kidnapped and put into long-term rape facilities. But what sex trafficking actually means in the real world when politicians do anything about it, it's, uh, it's people trying to make their own lives better and having their lives ruined. And I, just speaking from, from personal experience, I knew someone who was uh, sexually abused by her father... And as soon as she was old enough, she sex trafficked herself on a cam girl site and put together a fair chunk of money quickly and got the fuck out of there and moved to Colorado. And then here in Colorado, she got, you know, a legit job, but it was kind of shitty. Her boss was an asshole. She hated it. So she took the initiative, became her own, biz uh, uh, her own business owner, an entrepreneur, and sex trafficked herself again. Uh, where she could work her hours and answer only to herself and make some decent money. And eventually, as uh, as David said, Backpage was taken offline. Its uh, founders were thrown in jail. Her main source of advertising got stripped away. But at that point, she had enough money that she basically said, all right, fuck all this, I'm out. And last I heard, moved out of the country. Uh, have lost touch. But uh, in that case, quote-unquote sex trafficking was how she got out of a bad situation with an abusive father and made a life for herself. And that is almost always what is destroyed when uh, these laws are passed targeting people like her, the ones who are actually the most defenseless and the most hated in society. So uh, I want to start saying from now on, you can tell people, you know what? Yeah, long-term rape and kidnapping are bad, and we shouldn't have those. But sex trafficking is mostly people helping themselves and making a better life for themselves. And sex trafficking is good. Don't try to use it to mean other things, and don't try to pass laws destroying people's lives with those words. All right. Here, here. And also, Inyash's friend, if you're listening to this, I hope you're doing all right. All right. Thank you, Inyash. Uh, my troop deployment this week uh is uh pretty similar to my last one uh so last episode we released it a few days early so i could go on vacation to a small family campground in vermont and because of covid they took many reasonable precautions most notice no most notably moving anything indoors back outdoors so camp was almost entirely outside 
My last troop deployment was about how people should stop freaking out so much about COVID and if they're vaccinated, just treat it like the flu. This clearly karmically cursed me. Since that Friday, two people at camp tested positive for COVID. In response, the state of Vermont forced them to completely shut down camp, send everybody home, and cancel the final week. So we had to go home a day early, and everyone who had booked the last week had their entire vacation canceled because two people had COVID at an almost entirely outdoor campground. Now, this is ridiculous overkill. People, especially vaccinated people, are going to be exposed to COVID. Every time I go to the grocery store, I'm probably exposed to more COVID than I was at camp. And yet the supermarket stays open while the camp is shut down. This is madness. We are going to have to start living with the possibility that we are going to be exposed to COVID. Freaking out and shutting things down cannot be the response. At this point, the only good reason to be trying to limit the spread of COVID at all is hospital capacity. We are not going to eradicate the disease without herd immunity. And the only way we're going to get to herd immunity is if lots and lots of people either get vaccinated or contract COVID. And since everyone who wants a vaccine has one, a sufficient number of other people are going to have to get COVID. Unless we start forcing people to get vaccines, that's the only way this ends. Unvaccinated people are either going to get infected now or infected later. By delaying their infections, we're just prolonging the pandemic. And the state of Vermont has no endgame here. They're clearly just trying to look as though they're taking COVID seriously to avoid, avoid blame. It's ridiculous, and Governor Phil Scott should be ashamed of himself. Heck yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Um, a reminder, we are on Substack now, uh, so this is not going out on the Libsyn feed. Um, so if you're subscribed to the Libsyn feed, you're not hearing me. So uh, sucks for you. <laughs> um, we, uh, you can uh, contact us at themindkillerpodcast at gmail.com or just come on the Discord and tell us why we're wrong about everything. Um, please leave us reviews at whichever uh, place you listen to podcasts. If yours doesn't take reviews, then go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Um, subscribe on our Substack and uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.